Good evening, everyone. Hopefully you can hear me. I try to click that camera just right at just the right time. Make sure you guys can hear me and not have you signaling frantically to me from the chat. We're in Florida. It's hot. It's July. I'm wearing a sleeveless top. So you guys get to enjoy my lovely rose and peony tattoos on both shoulders. I have a bug bite on my cheek. Ugh, it's great. Everything's great. However, I have to say, we saw dolphins, we saw a manatee, and we saw fish the other night when we were hanging out with some of our friends at the beach. We are having a great time getting to know the wildlife down here in Florida. And I know today's not bonus hole Friday, but I have a bunch of kind of odds and ends. We're going to start with some really good news. I'm super excited about a bunch of this. A lot of it's a lot of Schadenfreude. There's news about Bud Light. There's news about Fox News ratings. Um, we're going to look at all of this and more. So let's hop right into it. I see Stuart in the chat. I see everybody else hanging out. Hello, Whisper. Hello, Unhouse Snipes. Oh, it's 78 degrees outside in Titusville. Nice. That must have been the rain temperature drop. That was earlier in the day for us and no such job for us right now. And last time I went out with Dot, I was covered in sweat by the time we came back. Not having fun with that. But hopefully this heat breaks soon and we will be able to lead slightly more normal, um, normal lives outdoors. All right, let's hop over to this great news. Legislators overturn Governor John Bell Edwards' veto of House Bill 648 House Bill 648, that a bill that bans gender-affirming care for minors and takes away parents' rights to make health care decisions about their children. So, this is from the ACLU, so you know it's a load of crap. Um, and they're very upset about this, so you know it's a good thing. So, we're just going to leave it with that. I'm very excited about this because it means that the governor isn't doesn't get to be a dictator. I thought it was awesome. Lawmakers who voted to overturn Governor Edwards' veto of House Bill 648 have chosen to sacrifice the health and safety of Louisiana's transgender children, not a real thing, and undermine the rights of their parents, parents whose rights the ACLU did not care at all about during the pandemic when they were forcing everyone to get vaccinated or lose their jobs or worse, or have their children taken away. This is extreme government overreach and a direct threat to the civil liberties and constitutional rights of all Louisianans. We condemn today's override of House Bill 648 and we will never stop fighting to protect the rights of transgender youth and their families. And I just said, good. I used the Donald Glover gift because I love that one. And it fully ratioed this tweet in like 10 minutes because nobody wants this. Yes, very good. Very good indeed, for sure. I just wanted to pass that on to you guys. I thought it was great. Andy says, banning healthcare. I know, it's crazy, right? Who would do such a thing? That's such a horrible thing to do. In other good news, Fox News ratings are in. In an absolute free fall, says Colin, after their primetime revamp turned out to be a massive flop. The once dominant news outlet is failing to MSNBC, and they used to be quite dominant. According to Chadwick Moore, the author of Tucker, executives at Fox are panicking after ratings came in terribly low. Hannity lost to MSNBC's Rachel Maddow in ratings, getting roughly three times less the amount of ratings that Tucker Carlson got on an average with Fox. While Fox continues to struggle, Tucker has reportedly struck a seven-figure advertising dealer deal with Public Square for his show on Twitter. That's right. We mentioned this the other day. Tucker is flying and Fox is falling. You love to see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I said it before and I'll say it again because I think that it bears repeating, um, especially going into the 2024 election. But Fox News has the same issue that lots of these big parties have. Democrats and Republicans alike seem to share the issue of becoming too big for their britches. And what I mean by that is that they are unwilling to admit when they're wrong and they also don't have to. They have no one to hold them accountable because they've reached a certain size. They are, as we say, too big to fail, they think. 
They're wrong, but they like to think that. Josie says, woohoo, Public Square. That's right. Public Square struck a huge advertising deal with Tucker Carlson, which is really exciting. Um, in conjunction with one of the um, one of the investors who's working alongside them, uh, a guy who really is trying to take out some of this ESG influence, and I'm so excited to see it. It's fantastic. Um, before we move on, well, we will move on to this other good news before we get really rolling. Bud Light's social media accounts are being slammed with abuse. <gasps> oh no! After resuming pot regular posting since trans activist backlash, I would rather drink. Uh, unnecessary gross imagery. Thank you for that. Critics flooded to slam the beleaguered beer brand with a- abuse online. Bud Light had an advertising hiatus amid the fallout from the trans activists from mid-April. It returned to regular posting on Twitter more than two months later. So it actually wasn't mid-April that it started. as I, Because I recall very distinctly, I saw this trans activist drinking this Bud Light with their face on it. And it was April 1st, and I was like, this has to be an April Fool's joke, right? And it wasn't, and it's all been downhill for Bud Light since then, so it's been really exciting. Bud Light critics are flocking to slam the beleaguered beer brand with abuse as it resumes regular posting following a hiatus amid the trans activist fallout. Uh, Yeah, yeah, sure enough. More than two months later, from June 22nd, the brand cautiously resumed posting notably more politically neutral and often faceless advertisements on its social media accounts. Isn't that nice? The posts include pictures of Bud Light cans and cooler boxes glistening with water, droplets, and a photograph of a man's arm carrying a Bud Light bottle with part of his body visible in bright in front of a bright blue sky. Wise. Wise marketing strategy. Once again, no faces. This should tell you something. And still, nope. Yep, here's Bud Light. It's Saturday. Let's have a good day. Not with Bud Light. People won't. Nope. Nope. The faces of the actors pictured in the Lager brand's recent adverts are often obscured by clever camera angles, indicating a reluctance to be associated with the embattled brand. That's really interesting, and I hadn't thought about that. People are not literally unwilling to put their face on Bud Light advertisements. That's crazy. Someone in chat is asking me what beer I drink. If I ever do, I love beer. My favorite beer is actually from Europe. It's from, I think it's from a, I can't remember what country the company is, the the, the company or the, the monastery is based in. It's called Grimbergen. Really, really wonderful. Really, really hard to come by in the U.S. So when I'm in the U.S., I will drink like Blue Moon or I'll drink Stella. I don't drink beer all that often, though, and I certainly don't drink right now. Haven't drunk pretty much at all this year, so that's all right. I just remember the idea of beer. It's kind of like drinking bread. It's fun. Um, Bud Light is disgusting, though, and nothing will ever change that. I don't care who advertises it, good, bad, or ugly. It's gross. Bud is the lowest common possible denominator. If you drink Bud Light, I feel bad for you and I will send you money so that you can buy better beer because there are so many better beers out there, especially being from Colorado. There were so many like local beers, even though that was before I really drank. I literally didn't drink alcohol until after I was 22 years old. I was well into legal adulthood, like legal beer drinking age before I drank beer so or drank anything at all. So yeah, no. Bud Light, Bud Light has never been good. Budweiser has never been a very good brand. Um, and I'm honestly not sad to see them go just because they are actually crap. And I feel like the meritocracy should see them taken down a peg in any case, even if this hadn't happened. So frankly, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, but look at this. Faceless indeed. So you can kind of see this lady's face. Barely. You can't see this guy's face or this person's face like at all. I think it's a lady. I don't know. Can't really tell. Yeah, interesting that no one wants to be associated with him. That's a great point. I hadn't even thought about that. But I want to talk about this because this is all we know about it. We don't know a lot. Andy says, okay, before we do that, we have to do this first. He has retweet, retreat, tweep, pleep. I don't know what that means. Let's see what he says. All right. Should conservatives cancel Fox News? Yes, avenge Tucker. No, but they're on notice. No, I still like Fox News. That's right. Tucker is... That's an interesting point. I don't think that's correct, but 
I digress. This guy says Tucker is not a conservative, so he's throwing the trash bag in the trash can. I don't know if he's referring to Fox News or to Tucker. I don't know if he is a conservative. That's kind of his point. Disagree. Agree to disagree. I don't agree with Tucker on everything, um, but I do not agree that he's not a conservative. He strikes me as one of the most genuine, actual, conservative-thinking pundit in modern American parlance. So, yes, go vote in that. That's good times. Alrighty. Before it was canceled, it was nasty. That is correct. Yes, I hope none of you guys in my audience are drinking Bud Light for sure. Oh, we got some no's, but they're on notice. Interesting. Well, let us know for sure. All right, let's catch up on this story a little bit. It's a little mysterious, and we'll dive into some actual news. What we know about Carly Russell. The missing Alabama woman returned home after reporting a lost child on the interstate. So, this story, very confusing. It didn't make any sense to me, so Forbes has a little summary for us. I asked people to tell me, like, a two-second rundown of what exactly happened here. Nobody seems to really know, which is kind of interesting. It makes me think that um, there's either really nothing or there's something weird going on here. So, let's read. Carly Russell, the Alabama woman who vanished after stopping on the highway to help a lost child, returned home Saturday night, ending a mysterious disappearance that launched a two-day statewide search for the 25-year-old nursing student. Okay, so Russell returned to her family's home on foot on Saturday night. Local police were called at around 10.45 p.m. and took her to a nearby hospital, the police department said in a statement. Now, rewind. On Thursday night, she went missing on I-459 in Hoover, a suburban city of about 92,000 in south, just south of Birmingham, after calling 911 to report that a small child in a diaper was lost and wandering on the side of the freeway. Okay, so she thought she saw a toddler wandering around in a very, very dangerous situation. Afterward, she stopped to check on the child and called her his brother's girlfriend, her brother's girlfriend, sorry, who heard Russell ask the child without a response if they were okay, followed by Russell suddenly screaming and then the sound of the interstate, according to Russell's mother. So, very mysterious, very weird call. She called her brother's girlfriend. And it sounded like she was speaking to this little kid, but you weren't able to hear anything back from the toddler. It's starting to sound like maybe she had a manic break to me. Let's continue. When officers arrived on the scene, there were no signs of Russell or a child, but they found her running car, her wig, phone, and purse containing her Apple Watch and AirPods at the scene. So all her stuff, everything you would take if you were like on the run, and her running car were sitting right there, but she was gone. Her return home ended a two-day statewide search that caught national attention, sending social media into a frenzy as people speculated on the circumstances surrounding her disappearance. After she was found, her boyfriend released a statement on Instagram saying she was, quote, fighting for her life for 48 hours and mentioning a kidnapper. Police have not confirmed they believe a kidnapper was involved. I'm not sure I believe a kidnapper was involved either. That sounds like she had some kind of break and then her family is like trying to defend her honor or something by saying that she was kidnapped. But if you allege that there was a kidnapper, you're going to quickly run into trouble when the police go to look for this person and you're going to either describe someone innocent who never did anything to you because this person doesn't actually exist or you're not able to describe someone who supposedly kidnapped you. Now, Really interesting story. I'm going to be following it. I'm curious if it is. People were accusing her of her her of being like Jussie Smollett. I don't think that's fair. Like the lady on the plane who was screaming at invisible lizard people. I think that she had some kind of break on the plane. And it's possible that that's what happened here. As we know, there is a mental health crisis in the U.S. And this could be just another example. $63,000, that's how much reward money was raised by the nonprofit Crime Stoppers of Central Alabama for anyone with clues into her disappearance. Following her return, the money is being sent back to donors. That's good, at least. Bob Copas, executive director of Crime Stoppers of Metro Alabama, told AL.com that Hoover police are not requesting any payouts on this case. About an hour prior to her disappearance, she left work for the day at the Woodhouse Spa, where she worked part-time, CBS 42 reported. 
After leaving work, she stopped to grab some food and left to head home around 9 p.m. Police released a traffic camera footage of her pulling over her red Mercedes to the shoulder with her hazard lights on. Though the footage is blurry, she appears to exit the driver's side and walk around to the back of the passenger side of the vehicle. The police arrived three minutes after she disappeared. Okay, so it doesn't show her disappearing, and it sounds like it also doesn't show a child on the camera, which is fascinating. It's unknown where Russell had been after she vanished, and police have yet to release further details surrounding her disappearance. Police said in a release that they were able to take an initial statement from her, and the details of the statement are a part of an ongoing investigation which is expected to continue over the next few days. In a statement online, the family asked for privacy and promised to give more details in the near future. So, we are all collectively incredibly confused. It wasn't just me. Thank goodness. I was feeling really dumb. I was like, what am I missing here? Because this is a really weird story. No one seems to know exactly what happened. No one seems to know where she went. No one seems to know if she actually, like, was kidnapped. (laughs) Bellius says, that sounds like a summer blockbuster breaks on a plane. Yes, mental breaks on a plane for sure. Not to be confused with breaks on a plane, which are about the plane's landing gear, but um, that's all you get. All right, now for our title article, which, you know, is not really what I'm interested in talking about, but we are trying to assuage the YouTube gods, although they are having no mercy on me because it seems they will demonetize me no matter what I do. DeSantis says Trump should have acted, quote, more forcefully on January 6th as ex-president braces for his third indictment. DeSantis says the system needs to change where one side is not always trying to put the other behind bars. Well, that's just true. This comes after Trump revealed he was sent a letter by special counsel Jack Smith informing him him is the target of the January 6th investigation. Oh my gosh, I'm falling apart. I have hiccups and I'm yawning. Pardon me. Stewart says, such a rise in mental illness with an increase of social media consumption. Yes, and there's a very interesting sharp increase in the rise in mental issues starting in about in about 2012 when Instagram first became very mainstream. So let's read this article talking about DeSantis. DeSantis believes Trump should have acted more forcefully, should have told his supporters to stop rioting on January 6th, but said it's wrong to criminalize that inaction. To be fair, he did tell them to be peaceable and to disperse and be nice to everybody. And the media chose not to cover that. So I think that deserves comment for sure. The Florida governor and 2024 presidential hopeful said the system needs to adjust so opposing sides don't make it their goal to put the other behind bars. Well, that would assume that Democrats don't have that end goal in mind all the time. Trump revealed Tuesday he received a letter from the Justice Department's special counsel, Jack Smith, informing him he's the target of the probe into the January 6th Capitol attack. Oh my gosh, it's just never going to end. Is it? I'm over it. I think it was shown how Trump was in the White House and didn't do anything while things were going on, DeSantis said during a press conference on Tuesday. He should have come out more forcefully, he added. But to try and criminalize that, that's a different issue entirely. So if you look back at the uh, the Twitter leaks, um, the Twitter documents, I believe that Twitter executives were discussing whether or not they should even allow Trump to tweet at all on January 6th, which... It's really interesting, and that's something that DeSantis really needs to be aware of because he needs to go into this. He's actually, I think that he talked to Jake Tapper today, and I haven't had a chance to suss that out very well yet, but he needs to know everything. I mean, everything that the media has thrown at Trump, everything that the media is going to throw at him, everything that they're going to say to him, all the different ways they're going to try to spin about him. He needs to know it all, and it sounds to me like he's a little bit out of touch on this point. Trump received a target letter. Trump receiving a target letter means investigators have gathered substantial evidence linking the principal recipient to a crime. It indicates an indictment is nearing. Usually such letters invite the recipient to appear before a grand jury to offer evidence. New York Times reports Trump is expected to decline the invitation to appear. Well, we'll see what happens, huh? Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed Smith in November. Part of his probe examines testimony and documents related to the fundraising, Trump's rally ahead of the January 6, 2021 insurrection and communications between Trump associates and election officials in battleground states. Smith subpoenaed local election officials in Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, and Pennsylvania in December, asking for communications with or involving Trump, his 2020 campaign staffers, and other allies involved in his efforts to try to overturn Biden's win. Very good. Interesting. Well, we'll see what happens with this. I don't know. You guys tell me if you think that Trump is going to be indicted yet again. 
I think that he probably will be. This just seems to be what we're going to do now until uh, right up until the election in 2024 because we deserve it. We've done horrible things. There's no way out. We are living in a parallel universe and I hate it. Uh, I didn't know lids had tattoos, said Steve. Stevie, I had a lot too, but none visible if I'm wearing regular clothes. That's right. That's exactly why I placed mine the way I did so that I could be professional and not offend anyone's sensibilities by being tattooed. All right, you guys, let's talk about the current administration that we are all fighting against and that we all need to keep our focus on. This is John Kirby. John Kirby is in two different stories today, and this one is just utterly horrifying. White House advisor pounds podium defending foundational sacred obligation to fund military abortions. National Security Spokesman John Kirby claimed state abortion laws were hurting military retention. You know what else is hurting military retention is telling white men that they're evil, that their masculinity is toxic. It's allowing people with mental illnesses to join the military and then get special privileges, as we're going to talk about in just a minute. And it's allowing people like John Kirby to be at the helm. Let's read. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby launched an impassioned defense for abortion funding for service members and their families on Monday, pounding the podium of the White House press briefing room as he called military access to abortion a foundational sacred obligation. What a piece of garbage. What a piece of work. The instance occurred when Kirby was asked by a reporter during the daily White House press briefing, what about the Pentagon's controversial policy to use taxpayer funds to reimburse the cost of travel and care related to abortions was critical of military was critical to military readiness. Our policies, whether they're diversity, inclusion, and equity, so let me stop you right there because those are all garbage, or whether they're about transgender individuals who qualify physically and mentally, deserve to serve with dignity, or whether it's about female service members, one in five, or female family members being able to count on the kinds of healthcare and reproductive care specifically that they need to serve. So, and I mentioned this to Andy when I was listening to Matt Walsh talk, play this recording of what he was saying. You, it's very interesting to note that in order to keep women as working widgets of capitalism uh, or the corporatism that we currently have in the U.S., you have to force them to get abortions in order to continue to be good and productive widgets, Right. The same goes for, apparently, the military. In order to get people to fight in pointless foreign wars, you have to give them the ability to get abortions on the taxpayer dime. Similarly, if you want, if you're a pimp and you need your um, you need your employees to be able to continue to work, you need to be able to take them to Planned Parenthood and for them to not ask questions about anything about them, about, like, for example, the age of the recipient of the abortion, like they don't. These guys take underage girls to Planned Parenthood and they receive abortions and Planned Parenthood never asks how old these little girls are because they don't want to know. Those pimps need to earn money just like those bosses need to earn money, just like the military needs to send people to fight in pointless foreign wars. Uh, Matt Walsh was making the case that this alone should be enough to remove women from the military force altogether. And I'm kind of inclined to agree, but I just wanted to point out that we are supposed to be keeping foreign kids from being blown up by unreasonable, for example, American presidents like Barack Obama, who bombed, you know, a perfectly peaceful wedding reception and a diner where a, an American citizen, a underage boy, was sitting outside. He ended up bombing this American citizen, killing people for no reason. We're actually supposed to be preventing that. And apparently in order to prevent the unnecessary deaths of civilians, it's going to require unnecessary deaths of civilians as well. So I think I'm kind of with Matt Walsh on the same page for sure, because there's absolutely nothing in the world to me that would make getting an abortion worth it. Because if you, you guys know this about me, I'm super pro-life. This is like my hill to die in. And this is part of the reason that I won't ever vote for any candidate who is not actively pro-life, including from the GOP. I will vote for, I voted for Gary Johnson in 2016. I will do it again. I'll vote for anybody. I will write someone else in. I don't care. I will, I will take my responsibility. I take my responsibility to vote very lightly. 
Um, I personally think the 19th Amendment should probably be overturned because I don't think that everybody needs the right to vote. I think that people who are educated and informed and who have a vested interest in the future of this country should have the right to vote. And when I say a vested interest in the future of this country, I mean, for example, people who have children or who are going to have children or who have a lot of nieces and nephews or who have extended family who depend on them. People who actually care about the future, because right now we're watching the political landscape being shifted and warped by people who do not have children, who do not do not sufficiently care about the future of this country. And it's a serious issue. And I think that's part of the problem. It's not just women voting with their feelings. It's also men voting who have no no interest in the future. They have no family. No one depends on them. They don't have any kids looking up to them. When you have children and you are a leader, you are going to make different decisions than you will if you don't have kids, if you don't actually care about what's going to happen down the road. And that's just part of the reason I've said this before. Part of the reason I don't really like the idea of Tim Scott running for office. He's not married. He doesn't have kids. What does he care about what happens in the future? He doesn't. And you listen to a lot of these commentators and it's like, You appear to be burning the country down so you can earn money and honestly good for you. But at the same time, you have to know that you are actually putting my kids in harm's way because of your choices. And I mean, I guess more power to you. You have the right to earn money or do whatever you want to do in that regard. But you should. You actually have a moral obligation to think about people's children, even if you don't have any. Sorry. It's just less personal when you personally don't have any. Now, John Kirby also said something else, which was really interesting to me. And I personally am not with Matt Walsh on this one because I think this is a huge distraction. And this is why White House National Security Chief says UFOs are having an impact on our training ranges and need to be treated as a, quote, legitimate issue. Rear Admiral John Kirby said government wants to go wants to get to the bottom of UFO mystery. Can't read. Sorry. Kirby refused to discuss UFO crash retrieval claims made by whistleblowers. Dun, dun, dun. So there's probably something there, huh? The government's hiding something from us. But they're not because John Kirby is out there literally telling us that this is actually interfering with what? Training procedures? Give me a break. UFOs are already having an impact on combat training for America's fighter pilots, a top national security official has warned. Some of these phenomena we know have already had an impact on our training ranges. According to John Kirby, the National Security Council's coordinator for strategic communications under President Biden, the very same man who is just impassionedly defending abortion and transgender people in the military in our last article. So you know he's a good source of reasoned, unbiased information. So these phenomenon, right. The comments suggest a new approach from the White House, whose press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, coyly dismissed questions about the F-22 stealth raptor jets that shot down three UFOs last February by saying, I love E.T. the movie. She's a horrible press secretary. She's really, like, not good at her job. Like, at least Jen Psaki was good at kind of spinning it to distract you. Corinne Jean-Pierre just is not gifted enough for that. Kirby, retired Rear Admiral in the U.S. Navy, said the unanswered questions surrounding UFOs must now be treated as a legitimate issue. So I have to ask people who are big, big UFO fans and also question the government. For a long time, the case for UFOs was that the government was just covering it up. They know something that we don't know. They're not telling us because they don't have to. Now, John Kirby is up in front of God and everyone, probably banging on a podium, talking about how... UFOs are interfering with the training of fighter pilots. And I just have to say, doesn't that strike you as a little bit strange that the government is now out there just openly saying, oh my gosh, yeah, this is really truly happening. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's definitely not this other thing that we really don't want to talk about. I don't believe them. I don't believe them. And I don't like this sudden shift. It makes me nervous and uncomfortable. It makes me wonder what they're actually hiding. Or maybe this is some kind, some degree of 4D chess where they're just choosing to try to make it look like we have these crazy military capabilities that we don't actually have by saying it's UFOs or trying to pretend it's not us so that Russia and China will think that we actually have, you know, whatever, some tiny drone that can break the sound barrier or something. We've seen this picture before. This actually came out a long time ago. And I know this because I used to try to make thumbnails with it and it was very difficult to work with. The U.S. Navy's so-called 2015 gimbal UFO video above taken with an F-A-18's infrared targeting pod infamously de- depicted a mysterious object 
in restricted airspace off the Atlantic coast. The airspace had been cordoned off for use by naval aviators during training. So you're telling me that the military cordoned off a chunk of space and then suddenly there were these weird little things flying around. I wonder if it was related to the military. That would probably be way too simple of an answer. You'll see it pop in and out of the field of view there. This is essentially all the data we have associated with this. This is nonsense. So it's just really super grainy videos of something. And to me, it looks like drones. It just looks like military drones. And I don't know. Oh, yeah, you can see it go by there. If you look here, you see it streak by, which is really kind of interesting. But at the same time, yep, there it goes. You see it? It looks like a little tiny silver ball that just flies across the screen. Interesting. Fine. But at the same time, when the government comes out and it's telling us that we have a UFO problem, like a cockroach problem, seriously, I don't believe it. But I also don't believe anything the government says. And one of my favorite authors, Terry Pratchett, is on record as saying, um, if there was a conspiracy in the government, you would have to assume that they were competent enough to cover it up. Now, Given what we know recently, we can see that they will work very well in tandem if they think it is in their interest to make sure that the uh, general public doesn't find out about it. But this kind of open embrace of the idea of UFOs, sus, sus to me. And I know Matt Walsh really, truly, truly wants to believe that aliens are out there and there's no reason to believe that these aren't aliens out in the air nonsense. Kanye Ron says it's one of those tiny spider robots with wings. Actually, it might be some form of that because who knows what they want them to do. They could want them to dive. They could want them to go from way up in the air to way under the ocean. Obviously, they're not targeting like human healthcare issues, but who knows what they're trying to do? They're just working with them. I do not believe they're UFOs. I do not believe the military would be talking about them at all if they actually were, if they actually had something to hide. We'll see what happens. Andy says, don't make me go get out my trusty list of actual government conspiracies. Yeah. So last night I was watching Archer, if you guys are familiar with that show, and they mentioned Project Artichoke, which I hadn't heard about before. And I guess it was renamed, which is kind of interesting. And I just tweeted about that. I said, Archer's great for always teaching fun lessons. Project Artichoke was a mind control program that gathered information together with the intelligence divisions of the Army, Navy, Air Force, and FBI. Great team. In addition, the scope of the project was outlined in a memo dated January 1952 that asks, can we get control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against fundamental laws of nature, such as self-preservation? Oh, holy cow. Oh, wow. Good stuff. Project Artichoke was a central intelligence agency's secret codename for carrying out in-house and overseas experiments using LSD hypnosis and total isolation as forms of psychological harassment. I think that's called torture for special interrogations on human subjects. At first agents used cocaine, marijuana, heroin, peyote, and mescaline, but they increasingly saw LSD as the most promising drug. If you guys are familiar with MK ultra, kind of a similar idea. I am not being conspiratorial here. This actually happened. And that's why it's so interesting to me because the government actually does this kind of thing. This is the kind of stuff they don't want to talk about. They don't want to talk about Ruby Rich. They don't want to talk about Waco. I guarantee you they don't want to talk too much about Project Artichoke because it makes them look bad. But you know what they will talk about? UFOs all day long because it's a nice, convenient distraction. I'm just saying. Josie says, paging Andy, it is time for your government scheduled lobotomy. Yeah, I know. That's very much what Project Artichoke felt like to me reading about it. I, I feel like I learned something new kind of like that from Archer on a pretty regular basis because they know what they're talking about. And Archer will say uh, say things like, um, who are you, the the inventor of radio? And I'm like, what? Is that the inventor of radio? So I'll look it up and it's actually accurate. And I'm like, why do they do that? I just think it's really funny and quirky. I've appreciated Archer for a really long time and will continue to do so. All right, you guys, I have really, really, really bad news. I know we've had a lot of good news over the course of the last few minutes, but what I have to tell you now is is actually heartbreaking, and I hope that you guys can power through it with me. I am here for you. I will help you with your concerns about this because this is possibly the worst news you'll hear um, today or this month or even this year. Americans are warned to brace for fewer new releases 
and more reruns next year over fears SAG after strike will drag on to Labor Day delaying blockbuster productions. And we can all just have a moment of silence here because I am most concerned for movies like Snow White starring a girl who's not white and a bunch of vagabonds who look like they escaped from a Portland mental asylum. Uh, instead of dwarves. And uh, I don't know how we're going to carry on without that. I am feeling deprived already, even though we're not to this point yet. I am praying, hoping, wishing, dreaming that this strike will soon be over and we can soon be returned to our daily scheduled dose of insane Marxism and brainwashing and attempts to sexualize and transform, unfortunately, our children. I'm just kidding. Of course, I'm very glad this strike is happening. I think that Hollywood is due for a complete makeover. Um, I only wish it were worse. I wish it were affecting more people. I wish more people were more significantly negatively affected. Now, if you are at the bottom of the ladder, I think it's fair to say that you think you deserve probably more money. However, if you are in a field that in which you find it completely impossible to earn any reasonable money, it's possible and I'm not saying learn to code, which is what these people were saying when uh, people in coal mining were being forced out of their jobs. And I would like to remind everyone of that. These are the elites who were telling people who worked very vital blue collar jobs that it was time for them to learn to code. Um, these are now the people who are facing similar difficulties that they never thought they would have to handle because they are, after all, the elites. They're the special ones. They're the ones who get all the privileges, but not anymore. And I kind of wish it were worst for the people who are the highest on the ladder. Um, for the people at the bottom of the ladder, as I was saying, it might be good to look at a different field. Because if you're just not earning anything, you can either complain about it or you can look for work in a different area of work. And for example, Andy's worked in a bunch of different areas. I've worked in two different areas now and it's both interesting and fulfilling in different ways. Uh, as long as you can find work, as long as you have fulfillment and purpose, that's all that matters. I'm just saying there's no need to whine about it. There's no need to go on strike. You can actually take responsibility for what happens in your life and make it happen. Guacamole Man says they should learn to code. Yes. Stevie says, oh no, the Hollywood strike is terrible news. Indeed it is. Indeed I am so crushed. I don't know if you guys saw... Mark Ruffalo out there in his poor people uniform. It looks like he dragged it all out of the uh, rag bin in an attempt to look like an ordinary person. We know he's not. He's the elitist of the elite. Um, he has the most elite political views you'll ever see. He has the most uninformed political stances you'll ever see. Look at all these nice photo ops for these nice celebrity ladies. They just look so... So impassioned. I'm so proud of them. Look at them really doing something meaningful. We need more indie films like Sound of Freedom, Goodbye Hollywood, says Stuart. I agree 100%. That one's about to break $100 million and so was Nefarious. No, Nefarious was doing really well too. Um, that is another very, very small um, indie release about, I want to say, possession, like spiritual possession which was super super interesting to me something that i would actually like to check out for sure i should see if that's in theaters near us i wonder if andy wants to look that up for us all right you guys i do have more good news though i know after that soul crushing short conversation about the sag after strike and all the fantastic quality quality material that will never come into existence because of that strike here's some actual good news Young North Carolina woman sues the doctors who put her on testosterone at age 17, saying she needed therapy, not a double mastectomy, in latest blockbuster detransition lawsuit. And I just have to say, I could not be prouder of these people. It takes a great deal of strength to stand up and say, I'm done. I'm not having it. I don't care if you guys don't want to hear me out. I'm going to go to war with these doctors. They ruined my life and I will hold them accountable. Doctors told Mosley she would grow a male um, member from testosterone jabs. That's an out-and-out -out lie. Medics were more interested in money and glory than in helping her, she's claimed. Read more about Mosley's efforts to raise funds to reconstruct her chest. 
that's a tough row to hoe. That is so hard. But I'm, again, very proud of her for doing this. A young North Carolina woman is suing the medical team that put her on testosterone at age 17 and surgically removed her breasts the next year, saying she was fast-tracked into transgender care for profit when she really needed therapy. I'm glad she's woke to this because this is exactly what they're doing. They don't care about you. They don't care that you actually need therapy and to come to terms with your actual natural body. They're going to do this to you because they know it means that you will need their care for the rest of your life. Prisha Mosley, 25, says she was confused and battling mental health problems when clinicians su- suggested cross-sex hormones and a double breast removal after brief consultations, one lasting only minutes. And I don't know if you guys recall this, but uh, Matt Walsh's producer actually had a call with these people who prescribe this kind of stuff. It took 20 minutes for them to sign off in a, on an orchiectomy on him. I don't know if you know what an orchiectomy is, um, but... It is the removal of a part of the male anatomy that doesn't grow back. Um, And fun fact, the word orchid is actually based on the Roman word, which means male anatomy, anatomy part, which is interesting. In her 53-page complaint, she says her doctors lied, including by saying testosterone jabs would solve her problems and make her grow a male member. She has since decided to detransition and live as a woman and seeks financial damages. The treatments left irreversible scars, she said, including a deep voice, body and facial hair, pain in her neck and shoulders, a damaged female member, and she will not be able to breastfeed and may be infertile. Yes. Yes, that's what happened. And they don't care. They don't care because they're earning money. And I talk constantly about how we should not be divorcing capitalism from morals. And this is exactly why. She bitterly regrets having both her breasts removed when she turned 18. She's just the latest detransitioner to take legal action against her doctors in lawsuits that could prove pivotal in America's heated debate about transgender rights and medical procedures, especially those on children. They lied when they told Mosley she was actually a boy. They lied when they told her that injecting testosterone into her body would solve her numerous profound mental and psychological health problems, says the complaint. They lied by omission, withholding critical information from her about the long-term adverse health consequences and permanent damage those treatments would cause her, and failing to inform her of alternative courses of treatment for her psychological problems. Her papers were filed at the Supreme Court in Gaston County late on Monday. The name of the plastic surgeon, Eric Emerson, the clinic he worked at, Piedmont Plastic Surgery and Dermatology in Gaston County, and Bree Klein-Fowler, a counselor, and the clinic she worked at, Family Solutions. Wow, they are just going scorched earth on this one, and they are telling us in this Daily Mail piece. I love it. Also named is Shanna Gordon, and the center she worked at, Tree of Life Counseling, and Dr. Martha Perry, and the provider she worked through, Moses Cone Medical Services. They're accused of various fraud charges, civil conspiracy, medical malpractice. Yes, this is what I've been saying. This is what we've all been saying. The defendants did not immediately answer DailyMail.com's request for comments. Mosley discovered transgenderism online. This is how they always find out about it. And started socially transitioning to being a boy at age 15, believing it would help her anorexia anxiety, depression, and recover from sexual assault she had endured when she was 14. That is also a very tough road to hoe. That is a hard place to be in. What a horrible situation. This just makes my heart break for her. This is just so difficult. Hey, OMG, it's puppies. Says Fox showed its true face when they fired Tucker, but the Democrats want them gone. Bring us closer to one party dictatorship. Fox, Twitter, Daily Wire, and many podcasts are all in danger. Fox is in danger right now because they made a move that alienated people who actually care about the culture. So Fox just had a relatively long segment talking about why people shouldn't boycott Bud Light, which is really interesting. And again, this is what I'm talking about. They are, they consider themselves to be a part of the Uniparty. They are acting as if no one will hold them accountable. And they're being bankrolled by corporations like BlackRock, whom we know and don't love. And they're, as far as I'm concerned, they're pretty much one and the same as CNN. Now, Daily Wire is funded through people who believe in them and who pay for their subscription services. The same goes for many other podcasts. Tim Castile was the same way. Going behind the paywall is sufficient protection to make sure that you're not going to be canceled for something that you say um, when you, which you should be able to say on YouTube, but we know you can't. 
Appreciate the super chat, though. Uh, it's a very interesting idea. I'm concerned about the future, but I don't think that Fox is the way out. I don't think they're actually our friends. Um, and the fact that they fired Tucker should be honestly enough of a warning. And the fact, I don't know if you guys were here when I read the behind the scenes, but they have an entire DEI system. They're super, super inclusive and diverse and equitable. And yes, they are into the ESG stuff. And that's just partly because they're bankrolled by places like BlackRock. So very, very similar. I'd actually say they're on notice for me, but they're really pushing it. Yeah, for sure. That's Andy. Dr. Perry in January 2015 diagnosed Mosley with gender identity crisis after an 80-minute session and pushed her on to having testosterone shots, it's claimed. So she was 15 years old at the time. Let's see how old she was. Yeah. 15 years old. This is a doctor telling a minor to change their gender. This was over objections from her parents who said their daughter had other problems that needed treatment. They were sidelined from key medical decisions, the papers allege, and that I would believe as well, despite what the ACLU of Louisiana has to say about the recent steps against them in that state. This is a serious problem that's already happening. Parents are being overruled and sidelined, especially when it comes to schools and teachers transitioning their children socially. Serious problem. In July, Gordon, a counselor, met Mosley for only minutes before telling her that changing her body to look more like a boy's body would solve her many psychological and mental health problems. It's claimed. Gordon then wrote a boilerplate form letter that was riddled with inaccuracies and misrepresentations, saying Mosley was ready to begin sex hormone treatment, which started when she was 17. This is exactly what happened with Matt Walsh's producer. He had a letter written by a lady he only Zoomed with for about 20 minutes, who gave him a boilerplate and basically said, all right, this is what we're going to call it. Even though you actually don't feel real gender dysphoria, we're going to call her that. We're going to call it that so that insurance will pay for it or whatever. Wild stuff. This sounds exactly like what happened. So she's trying to raise $15,000 to fund the laser hair removal and breast reconstruction surgery. She says will help her live as a woman again. More power to her. She seeks unspecified financial damages in the court case. I decided to file a lawsuit because more needs to be done. Just talking isn't enough. People who do harm need to be held accountable. I want justice. And I want to stop this preventable tragedy from happening to anyone else. Good. Again, for her. I'm very, very happy to see this happen. Speaking with the Independent Women's Forum, Mosley said she mutilated her body to stop being suicidal. It didn't work. And now I have horrible scars and traumatic memories on top of the traumatic memories. It's terrible. I feel so bad. She joins a growing list of young people who undergo irreversible trans medical procedures but regret them and sue the doctors and therapists who they say fast-track them onto the drugs and surgery. It's so clear why these doctors would do this. I do not believe this is some kind of scam. These people were in their teens when doctors pushed them to do this. Not a scam. And he says, because it's only a minor surgery. Okay, thank you, dear technically correct why don't more doctors have ethical concerns about performing gender reassignment surgeries on kids because it's only a minor surgery but i'm okay thank you thank you dear good work good work and he's practicing his dad jokes he's getting quite good at them he's always been good at them the entire time i've known him and um only honing his fine art great work (laughs) great work dear too soon too soon speaking of this issue from jordan shacktel over on the dossier A confidential Biden DOD memo reveals transgender service members can skip deployments and receive indefinite physical fitness slash standards waivers. Interesting. The dossier has acquired a new Department of Defense memo that goes into great detail on the topic of care of service members who identify as transgender. The document, which is not classified but has long remained unavailable to Americans, is being published here for the first time for public consumption. The 34-page memo details the enormous perks granted to service members who identify as transgender. At the beginning of his tenure, President Biden ended President Trump's ban on people who identify as transgender serving in the military. Since then, the Biden administration has granted more and more benefits to this cohort, leading to dudes like this being celebrated by the Defense Department. I don't know if you guys saw this image. (sighs) Being celebrated by the Defense Department. This person is, yes, being celebrated by the Defense Department. Here are some of the highlights found within the document. Taxpayer-funded care for transgender service members includes speech and voice therapy, cross-sex hormones, laser hair removal, voice feminization surgery, facial recontouring, 
body contouring, breast and chest surgery, genital mutilation surgery, lower surgery, psychological counseling. Two, service members who identify as transgender may receive a waiver for grooming and uniform standards. They are breaking every part of the military to make this possible. Service members who identify as transgender may receive an indefinite waiver for physical fitness standards. And this is in direct contradiction to what John Kirby was saying just the other day. He said people who are physically fit, mentally able to serve in the military, those transgender people will be given all the regular services as anyone else. This is not what this memo is saying. He's lying to you. He's lying to you. Stuart says Andy's dad jokes are erudite at least. It's true. Yes, he's a very refined gentleman. Um, service members who identify as transgender will be considered non-deployable for up to 300 days while taking hormones for their transition. Again, given that these hormones are often required for life, this may render the transgender identifying service member as permanently unable to deploy. Interesting. The U.S. military is facing its worst recruiting environment since 1973 when the conscription era ended and the concurrent all-volunteer force was deployed, was formed. As the Defense Department memo makes clear, the U.S. military in 2023 represents more of a social welfare and social justice program than an entity purposed with defeating an aggressing army. Yes, and you know good and well that our enemies are watching this happen. They think this is hilarious. They think this is awesome. And I really can't blame them. It's it's a joke. It's a joke. And, And my brother is in the military, and I sent him this, and I said, what is happening here? And he said, I think... They don't really know how to handle transgender people yet. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, you know what have prevented this situation in the first place would have been to consider that maybe they shouldn't be serving until they could pass all of these mental tests to make sure that they were mentally stable enough to serve in the military. Now they are incentivizing transgender people to join the military because they know they won't have to actually do any of the hard things. They literally won't have to pass the physical fitness requirements. They won't have to dress in the necessary costume. They won't have to wear the right uniforms. They won't have to cut their hair. They won't even have to deploy. They'll just be in the military and no one will be able to say boo to them and it'll just be hunky-dory and you're going to get an influx of trans people in the military at a time when recruitment is incredibly stressed. And I don't see that as being a positive thing. I guess we'll see what happens. Anytime you incentivize something like this, you're going to see a lot more of it. I would be shocked if this were any different, but I guess we'll see. All right. I have some other stuff that's going to take a really long time to get into, so I don't think we're going to cover that tonight. I think I will wrap it here. Let's see what you guys are thinking about whether or not Fox is salvageable. Should conservatives cancel Fox News? Uh, Yes, Avenge Tucker, 71%. No, but they're on notice, 26%. 2.5% said, no, I still like Fox News. My goodness. Who are you people? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 276 votes. Thank you guys for participating. Thank you guys for joining me tonight. It's been a great conversation. I will let you all go now over to Timcast IRL. I'm sure it will be a great show over there. As always, um, I will see you guys tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but hopefully it'll be cooler and I won't be quite so shiny. I'm not sweating. It's just something different about the humidity and how it affects my skin here makes it look different. And also, since we moved, I haven't been able to find my press powder, so I look a little shinier than I did. Um, Conyer says, join the army to get your wee-wee whacked. I I would say get your weed whacked. That's an interesting turn of phrase. I appreciate that. Texas Rangers 4 says, Andy and Lydia are the best. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That's so kind of you. Uh, We need more indie films. Yes, we do. 100%. Thank you guys all very much for your super chats. I appreciate them 100%, especially since they are choosing to demonetize me for reasons I do not understand. Um, If they actually wanted people to not break the rules, they would sit down with them and be like, okay, it looks like you've been having some demonetization. What's going on? Is there something you don't understand? They don't ever do that. They want you to be in a state of concern and a state of panic to not know what you did wrong. It is actually an abuse tactic. It's an emotionally abusive tactic to use that and force people to constantly live in fear that they're doing or saying something wrong. And that's exactly what YouTube is bringing you. And it's not a good thing. And I hate YouTube very much. But are you guys? Ooh, Seamus is over on Timcast IRLs. Timcast is off for the week. Come over and check it out. I might have to do that. That sounds like fun. All right, guys. I'll see you all tomorrow. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, stay out of Target.